are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Coors Light. Whenever you need to chill, folks, reach for the beverage that is made to chill, and that's Coors Light. We like having football season here. The NFL doesn't matter. College football doesn't matter. You know, you're going to basketball starting up soon. It's all great. But the thing is, is when we watch these games, we don't want to be uptight. We don't want to be tense. We want to relax and enjoy ourselves. And that is what Coors Light is all about. It's cold lager, cold filter, cold package. It's literally made to chill. And it's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. And it's perfect for a moment to unwind. And here's the other thing too, folks. It's the one I choose. Some of you were saying, why do you choose that? I was like, well, I just told you. Because it's perfect for chilling. It's perfect because it's the cold, cool, crisp taste And I'm all about relaxing, all about cool. Whenever you listen to this podcast, I'm sure you get that vibe. It's all about that. So when you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new delivered package straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Appreciate everybody listening in. And uh, we're going to have some interesting stuff to talk about today. And you're going to continue on our countdown for Arkansas LSU football in these games and I know that everyone's like well how are you going to do this you have one more podcast less for the week and this is only number three well tomorrow for the podcast we're going to go through two and one in two different segments so just kind of be on the lookout and be prepared for that uh, but we'll talk about that here in a bit but of course the big news uh, for Arkansas at least uh, with the basketball side of things is Isaiah Joe was drafted in the second round by the Philadelphia 76ers in the NBA draft last night and also Mason Jones was signed to a free agent deal with the Houston Rockets. And it's an exciting time because anytime you have a player drafted in the NBA, it's it's something to be celebrated. Like first round, second round, to me it doesn't matter. Because unlike the NFL or the MLB draft, you have two rounds, man. And you got 30 teams, 60 picks, that's it. No extra picks, no nothing. You get two rounds. So... You're talking about the, the amount of basketball players that are out there in the world that are draft eligible. 60 of them are going to be chosen. So it's such a small number with the amount of basketball players that are out there. So again, anytime you get a player drafted, it's a very big deal. And in this case, Isaiah Joe getting drafted is awesome by the 76ers. Obviously, I would have loved to have seen him become a Boston Celtic, but I'm not going to be picky. I'm just going to enjoy the ride and enjoy... Uh, all the things that he's going to be able to do there. But the point is is this. Arkansas basketball is one of those programs that is going to be on the rise, and we all know that. And we know the job that Eric Musselman has done with not only getting the excitement surrounding the program, but the recruiting and development. And I think it's a, a huge, huge compliment to his coaching and his coaching staff of getting guys like Isaiah Joe and Mason Jones ready for the NBA. Now, you got to give credit to Mike Anderson, of course, for recruiting these guys. Uh, but I think that um, Eric Musselman took him to that next level. So it's it's just an awesome feeling to be able to see this. And hopefully it's just the beginning. Hopefully we get to see a lot more from Arkansas basketball and draft picks and all of that, which I think we will. And I don't know if it'll happen this year or the next year, but it's it's going to happen here sooner rather than later. But as impressive as that is, I thought it was really awesome too 
to see Isaiah Joe drafted just like Daniel Gafford was uh, last year, just like Bobby Portis was a few years before that, uh, just like a guy like Ronnie Brewer was and Sonny Weems was. Uh, you know, Arkansas had Joe Johnson, of course, don't forget him. I mean, Arkansas had some guys drafted uh, in the NBA, maybe not as much as they'd like, but still a good amount this millennium. And of all the guys I mentioned, I think besides Patrick Beverly, which we know that that was kind of a, a bad inning to all of that, pretty much every Razorback basketball player that was taken in the NBA draft is from the state of Arkansas. Think about that. Every player, Daniel Gafford, Bobby Portis, Isaiah Joe, Daniel Gafford, I already said him, but, you know, Joe Johnson. Think about a guy like Ronnie Brewer. I think Sonny Weems was drafted, I'm pretty sure. Again, I, I should have put up the list, but still, like these were guys that were all from the state of Arkansas. And what that tells me is that this state not only produces basketball ta- talent, but high-level basketball talent. High-level basketball talent enough to where whoever the coach is at the University of Arkansas, if he could just find a way to build a fence around the state, they could be a team that is constantly competitive for Sweet 16 type of appearances. That's what makes Arkansas such a great job, basketball-wise. Talent is there. And the fact is is that Arkansas in this millennium has also had a stretch of basketball that's been pretty lackluster, just to be honest about it. You've had some really good players, and you've had some really good moments, some really good games, but you really haven't had that great of seasons. At least the finishing product of the season hasn't been exactly what most of us have wanted. But to see all these kids come from Arkansas and the pride that comes along with that means a lot. Like Isaiah Joe, it, it being the latest guy, it's it just shows you that, you know, you don't have to go to these Kentuckys and Dukes and North Carolinas and Kansas. Like, you don't have to go to those schools to get drafted into the NBA. In fact, there was not a single lottery pick in this year's NBA draft from any of those big blue-blooded schools. It's like, it's something that is like almost a misnomer. It's something that gets wrapped into people's minds, and they think that if I want, if I'm a basketball player coming out of high school and I want to take it to that next level, I want to get in the NBA, I have to go to one of these schools. No. The number one overall pick with Anthony Edwards was from Georgia, who was a terrible basketball team last year. He was the number one player taken. You know what that tells me and should tell all of us? Is that greatness is going to be great no matter where they go. No matter where they go. Going to Kentucky doesn't do anything for your draft stock if you're a great player. Going to North Carolina does nothing for your draft stock if you're a great player. Ben Simmons is another example. He went to LSU, and that team was miserably awful. He was number one overall. How? It's because if you're great, you're going to stand out, and you're going to be great, and people are going to recognize that you're great. This idea that you have to go to Kentucky or Duke or North Carolina in order to get to that level is just nonsense, and it's stupid. And in fact, in some cases, it may even hurt some players. Because you kind of get watered down a little bit in the competition. You don't get featured as much. But if you go to a different school, maybe a school that you can really be shined and, and, and looked at, it can be a better situation for you going forward. And that's, I'm, 
the reason I'm saying this is because, yeah, I mean, Arkansas, they're a great program and a great school, and uh, I wouldn't consider them just a full-fledged blue blood, but they're definitely in that next tier of basketball programs that are extremely gifted and ones that should be competitive every year. But, again, just because a kid doesn't go to North Carolina or Kansas or anything doesn't mean that they're not any good or doesn't mean they're not good enough or doesn't mean that they can't get to the NBA or doesn't mean that they're not going to be able to get showcased. It's all false. It's all false. If you're great, you're great. And if you're great, whatever school you go to, go make them great. They'll be great because of you, not in spite of you. People have to understand that. Recruits have to understand that. And kids have to understand that, you know what, go to the situation that best suits you. And if, again, if you're great, you will be recognized no matter what. We'll talk about Arkansas and LSU coming up this weekend. But first, Built Go is one of my favorite things ever, folks. I'm serious about this. Like, it's it's so amazing that when we hit this point in time of the week, we get worn down. Like, I've been worn down. I didn't get much sleep last night. It's just a lot of things going on in my mind and having to break through a lot of these things as far as physically. I get tired. I get fatigued. But I can break through that wall with Built Go just like I did today. Right before the show, I took some of the gel that they have. It's very healthy. And boom, I was off to the races. And the great thing about it is that it doesn't have that crash effect like the five-hour energy drinks do. Okay, once you're five hours up, you're done. But not Built Go. It drives you, and not only when it comes when it, you know, the energy wears off, you don't crash. You still consistently keep going. And by listening to this podcast, we're offering you this deal. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's right, 20% off. No matter how many you buy, it's 20%. Again, go to BuiltGo.com, use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, since we're working our way up to the Arkansas-LSU game this weekend in Fayetteville, you know that uh, we've been doing countdowns and talking about some of the most memorable games, or at least my, my top five games, which some people have already taken exception to. Well, that's just fine, which I, I don't mind if you guys take issue with it or anything like that. Uh, I just uh, I want to have good opinions and, and good conversation about the whole thing, which I think is important, but uh, my number, just to kind of recap, because I know people are going to be wondering and asking about, my number five was in 2015 when Arkansas went down to Baton Rouge and cleared out Death Valley, and they won 31-14. My number four was the Miracle on Markham Part 2, where Arkansas beat LSU in Bobby Petrino's first year on a Hail Mary, essentially, into the end zone on fourth and one, got the victory 31-30, And now, my number three, and this is probably where I'm going to get a lot of grief, 2007, Arkansas beating LSU down in Death Valley, 50-48 to in triple overtime. We all know this game. This game is one that gets mentioned, gets brought up, gets replayed all the time. If you go to War Machine's YouTube page, it's the most watched highlight video of any Arkansas sports highlight of all time. Everyone knows that. LSU was number one. They ended up being the eventual national champions. But at that time, when Arkansas beat them, it all looked pretty bleak. And the best thing about this game is LSU was not only the number one team, but they knew exactly what Arkansas was, how Arkansas played, 
and exactly how good they were. Like they knew where their bread and butter was made. It was simply with the running backs, Darren McFadden, Peyton Hillis, and Felix Jones. That was it. Those were the guys. You stop them, you start Arkansas, home for dinner, don't even worry about it. Passing game, it's non-existent. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Look at some, Here's some of these stats. And keep in mind, this is the number one team in the country in LSU, one of the top defenses in the country that year. Darren McFadden had 32 carries for 206 yards and three touchdowns. Imagine anyone, any running back, going for 32 carries over 200 yards and three touchdowns against the number one team and arguably one of the best defenses in the country. And on top of that, the other running back, Peyton Hill, is going for 11 carries and 89 yards and two touchdowns, averaging over eight yards a carry. And then add into the mix of your other running back, Felix Jones, having nine carries for 85 yards, which is an average of nine and a half yards per carry. That's it. And, and like that's it. That's all it does. Now, Peyton Hill has even added to the mix five receptions for 62 yards and two touchdowns. Your leading wide receiver by far was your running back. Those three individuals, that was it. RSL's defense wasn't good in this game. The passing game wasn't good. It was those three individuals. They beat LSU by themselves. And LSU knew that they were the ones that they were going to get the ball. They were the ones that were going to get the handoffs. They were the ones that if you stop them, you win. And they still couldn't do it. Still couldn't make it happen. It was the infamous game because of Houston Nutt's last game being there with, as the Razorback coach. And, of course, after the game, uh, the whole, you know, got that wood that Darren McFadden coined and is one of my favorite still quotes to this day by Darren McFadden. I love it. And uh, it was really a good topper to his career at Arkansas seeing this game and to see how everything went. But my point is, is like watching this game, it was, and I watched the highlights again, depending on how you take it, you could either see it as a great accomplishment by Arkansas by beating the number one team, or you can also kind of see it as a disappointment. I see it as both. Anytime you can beat the number one team on the road, especially like a team like LSU in the fashion that Arkansas did, is amazing. It's awesome. But it also shows you that Arkansas was extremely disappointing that year. Arkansas went 4-4 four and four in conference play. They went 8-4 and four overall in the regular season. With those players, with those dudes, the four conference games that they lost was to Alabama, who was not a good team. It was Nick Saban's first year at Bama. They went 6-6. Six and six. They lost to Louisiana Monroe that year. Arkansas lost to them. Arkansas lost to Auburn 9-7 at home. Nine to seven at home. Disgusting. Arkansas lost to Kentucky at home in a way that just made no sense. And the offense was so inept late in the game. Arkansas got their brains beat in by a very, I won't say average Tennessee team, but they certainly weren't a national championship caliber Tennessee team. Like None of it made sense. Arkansas was one of the best teams in the SEC that year. And they finished four and four. I like to blame Houston Nutt for that, <laughs> mainly. But the point is, is that they had a nice ending, a nice topper to the season. Even though it may have been disappointing, even though it may not have been as good as what most people wanted, it was still exciting. 
because not only did you have the the got that wood, you had the famous play of Darren McFadden running down the sidelines and Casey Dick knocking a block out and and getting him out of there. Uh, you had great plays and great by Casey Dick when he actually the only great ball he threw was in to Peyton Hillis on fourth and ten in overtime and they got it. Peyton Hillis that sixty five yard run he broke out. I mean all this stuff it was so great and so fun and so amazing to watch. But you know that's why having him as my number three is because as great as it was, it still was a little disappointing and honestly didn't lead to anything. It didn't lead to an SEC championship. It didn't lead to a Sugar Bowl. It didn't lead to anything. It's a great game, but it almost kind of seemed in vain at that point. Houston Nutt was moving on no matter what. Darren McFadden wasn't going to win the Heisman that year no matter what. Tim Tebow had already been written in. It was done. It was over. So I don't agree with it. That, of course, McFadden winning the Heisman. It was 06, I guess, is the year that I don't agree with him not winning the Heisman. But still, it was all just a... It was a great game, but didn't really lead us to what we wanted back then. So look out for the final two games for Arkansas and LSU. We'll talk about those tomorrow. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, final segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. A few of you have been tweeting at me and asking about the game this weekend whether or not it's going to be played or not. Uh, I know that Sam Pittman did a press conference today via Zoom and said that uh, they're really they're actually razor thin. He's like, well, I'm not going to lie. We're pretty thin right now, but we have enough to play, and we want to play. So as of right now at the recording of this podcast, Arkansas and LSU will play this weekend. Uh, we don't know exactly who is out, but anytime you hear the words that we're really thin – probably means just I doubt that it's just nothing but backups being out it means you're probably going to have some starters out and what's scary is you hope it's nobody significant Felipe Franks looks like he's going to be good to go like we know that but Rakeem Boyd Traylon Burks these guys are they going to play I'm not totally sure and it's scary to see that going up against LSU a, a year where in any other case you're better than them and you would beat them that's kind of the concern right now is to see exactly, you know, what, what are you going to do and how are you going to look. Uh, but we'll find out more. And so, again, at the time of the recording of this podcast, Arkansas is still playing on, on Saturday against LSU and Fayetteville at 11 a.m. at this time. But as we also know with COVID-19 and, and here with sports and college sports especially, it's undefeated. It's, and it makes people – Miss games and forfeit games, cancel games, postpone games. It's been doing it all year long. So we just got to hope for everyone's sake that it doesn't happen in this game as well. But, again, we'll keep you updated on it, and uh, we'll figure it out if uh, hopefully this game is played this weekend. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.